Welcome to the next best podcast. That's the worst name I ever heard. With your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker. Mr. America and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. Well, here we are again, and thank you so much for choosing the next best podcast. I won't say thanks for tuning in, because you're not tuning in. You just pressed play on your mobile device. Some of you at the gym, maybe you're on an airplane, desperately hoping that they will move the drink cart past you so that you can get up and use the restroom. Others sitting at your desk right now pretending to be focused on your work. Wherever you might be, welcome to the next best podcast. Today on the show, we look to the skies and we see new planets. But wait a minute, hang on, there's a drone blocking my view. Hi there, Chris. Good to see you again. Yeah, we're going to talk baseball and the Dominican Republic. You know, the Mariners are spending millions down there. We'll show you what Robinson Cano is doing by himself. Yeah, and we'll check in with yet another Chris. Egan from spring training. He is with the Mariners right now, and I will confront him about a wardrobe malfunction caught on camera. And as the basketball turns, yes, more on Key Arena and the ongoing debate in Seattle. Yeah, and the latest from the hockey perspective. And of course, we'll tempt your tummy with a food experiment that would make Cheech and Chong blush. Is this real life? Here are five stories we're talking about this week. No. It's the Fast Five. Hey, Chris, we start by looking to the heavens. And first, with this week's breaking news, NASA announcing a major discovery, seven new Earth-sized planets, all of which could potentially have liquid water. These planets are orbiting a smaller dwarf star about 39 light years away. So if I was in a car traveling at 70 miles per hour times... Hang on, I went to State College. Well, we would never get there, really. This is all very exciting, but it's also very preliminary. We know they exist, but no word on whether or not any of these planets have, you know, Wi-Fi or a Starbucks just yet. And I may live to regret this, but I, for one, would absolutely sign up for the first flight. Assuming I can fly on Alaska Airlines, of course. The airline miles alone... Now, some of you are going to laugh this off or roll your eyes, but if you're excited about this sort of thing, I know I am. NASA has already posted a rendering of what one of the planets might look like in virtual reality. We've actually tweeted out the link from at NextBestPod. You can go there, you can watch it on your phone, your mobile device, and you can actually spin around, you can control the view, and you can see planet TRAPPIST-1D. That's the sexy working title. TRAPPIST-1D, available in VR right now. All right, now back to our regularly scheduled story. Uh, meanwhile, here on Earth, flying the friendly skies may be getting a bit more crowded thanks to drone technology. Some estimates report that the drone industry could be worth more than $125 billion by 2020. Now, we know some folks here in Seattle, the likes of Amazon, are already exploring the options of drone delivery, but it was actually UPS that jumped out in front of the pack. They deployed the first drone this week. It was just a test. It took place in Florida, of course, which is where America keeps its snakes and sinkholes. It was actually a suburb outside of Tampa, and it was a specially designed UPS truck. It looked similar, but it had a customized roof, and they wanted to do a public test. They invited some media to hopefully get one step closer to working with drones to deliver faster, 
and to ultimately save them a, a substantial sum of money. More on that in a minute. Uh, here's the basic details, courtesy of TechCrunch, who was in attendance for that drone delivery demo. In this competitive environment, we have to be competitive, and all we're doing here is eliminating miles that the driver could potentially drive and helping make that driver more efficient when they do their job. It's an octocopter. It's designed uh, with enough redundancies to stay in the air. So if, uh, if one prop should go out, it can still fly. If two goes out, it can still at least land. It's talking to the truck via RF, and we have 4G. Dual communications, eight props, eight motors, multiple systems inside there, all designed to keep it in the air. The truck is its own beacon. It's broadcasting its position. The bird is, is broadcasting its position. So the two through the cloud are talking to each other. Our main uh, server is watching everything. Worst case, if we lost 4G, then the truck is broadcasting an RF signal. It can grab that and return to truck. Uh, the driver can take control at any time. It runs fully autonomously. So to have an autonomous route that all of a sudden the driver could take and say either recall it with one button push or navigate it back in case the driver saw, saw it was having trouble somewhere. Now we should say that that demo went mostly to plan. It actually uh, malfunctioned and the blades caught on the side of the truck and it kind of went crazy. But representatives from UPS were quick to say that was only because they were trying to show off for the media. They were launching it in a fashion that is not typical and they're not concerned about it simply because they were breaking protocol just to show it off for the press. Now, ultimately, teaming up with the drones, and I do mean teaming up because they're not looking to replace the trucks. This would actually ride on top of the trucks and deploy from them. But the ultimate bottom line on this is the bottom line. UPS could save upwards of $50 million a year. Of course, it's too early to estimate the environmental impacts, but it's safe to assume that anything that minimizes the distance that those trucks have to travel would help with pollution. So this is certainly a very compelling situation. So Chris, drones, they're already here, and it really does seem like it's just a matter of time before they are zipping overhead making deliveries. Are we going to drone on again about this, Chris, with deliveries from UPS? We know that Amazon has also talked about doing it, but all sorts of questions, I think, going forward about whether this will be widespread. I mean, I think we need to call in our aviation specialist, Glenn Farley, to talk about this at some point about just how many drones we're going to see in the sky and whether businesses will be able to use them, whether they're UPS or Amazon or somebody else. Four, four, four. Well, we're doing a double dip of America's favorite pastime. Baseball season approaches, and Chris, you've been sharing some amazing stories on King 5 from your travels to the Dominican Republic. But we want to start first with spring training. King 5's Chris Egan, yes, triple Chris, the other Chris, is currently in the desert with the Mariners. Chris, I am so sorry that you are missing some of this historically rainy February weather back here in Seattle. <laughs> well, Chris, 10 years now, heading down to the desert uh, to cover the Mariners uh, for King 5 and our viewers, and it, it is a tough assignment, i got to tell you that. It's really tough. Although, i got to tell you, the first couple days we were down here, it actually was raining pretty hard down here, but now it is nothing but blue skies. 70 degrees, 80 degrees, and that seems to be the forecast from here on out down here in Arizona. As they get said, for Cactus League play, baseball, blue skies, and high hopes. Mariner baseball, here we go. And the mantra this year, by the way, Chris, whatever it takes. No more Soto Mojo, no more two outs, so what? It's whatever it takes. I can't decide if that's poignant or lazy. <laughs> Well, I, I talked to Felix Hernandez, and I said, whatever it takes means, he goes, it, it's whatever it takes to make the playoffs. That's what we're doing. 
Kyle Seeger said the same thing. A lot of the other guys say, you know, if you've got to lay down a bunt, if you've got to go right field with it, if you've got to steal second, whatever it takes, we're winning this year, and we're going to find a way to get the postseason. I was going to say, the little kid in me here is whatever it takes, and I think, well, that could include crime, cheating, all of that. <laughs> if you got to get hit by a pitch, Chris, whatever it takes, we're getting this Mariners team in the playoffs. <laughs> Longest drought in baseball history, so it's been too long. And Felix Hernandez says, you know what? It's time to get the king in the postseason and have a Supreme Court, not a king court, and sell out the place. Uh, so you have to love the high expectations. You've got to love Robin Tino, Nelson Cruz, both coming off of some of their best seasons. Uh, Jerry DePoto, since taking over as the general manager, he's made 38 trades. Wow. He went for defense. He went for speed this year, and we're seeing a lot of that speed during training camp. These guys are fast, and it's going to be a fun outfield to watch this year at Faithville Field. Now, Chris, we want to live vicariously through you because uh, spring training, it sounds fun, it sounds glamorous, but you are there working. You're chasing down stories and interviews. I know it's a lot uh, easier said than done. What is the vibe like? Are the players, do they seem rested? Are they happy? Are they excited? A, A lot of them, I would assume, are kind of on edge because this is trial by fire for many of them, right? They don't know if they'll actually be on the field in a couple of months. Yeah, no, I mean, you've got the guys that definitely know they're going to be back, and, and they're feeling good, and they understand that spring training, it, it, it's, it's a long process. This year, Chris, you have the World Baseball Classic, so March 3rd and 4th, a lot of these players, Felix, uh, Gene Segura, you've got Robinson, you know, Nelson, they're all going to be leaving uh, to play in the World Baseball Classic. Um it's a long time of baseball before they get going with their, their first uh, regular season game against Houston Astros on the road. So those guys are kind of taking it easy. It, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. But yeah, you've got a lot of guys down here that are fighting to make this ball club. They're fighting to, to be in Seattle. There's only a few spots to be had. Obviously, you'd rather be in Seattle than Tacoma or, or Jackson or Everett. And that's what these guys are playing for right now. They're playing for million-dollar contracts. And the, the whole team teams are playing on the big league team. One of the most exciting things about spring training is the fact that it is this small town, small baseball park setting, but you got some big stars out there and you get up close and personal. You know, for the fans, it's certainly a thrill. You've been doing this for quite some time, but do you still get a bit starstruck? I mean, I know that the likes of Edgar Martinez, these are the people you're talking to this week one on one. Do you actually get starstruck at all? Well, I was with Pink Town photographer uh, Andy Wallace when you asked that, and we were talking to Edgar Martinez, and I think Andy's heard so much about Edgar Martinez, the legend, you know, he's got a street named after him, they're going to retire his number, he's getting closer to the Hall of Fame, and, and after the interview, Andy goes, he's, he's just like us, he's just one of us, and so I think when you're down here and you get to meet these guys, you realize, you know what, they're putting their uh, baseball pants on the same way Cashman and Egan do, yeah. uh, you know, one leg at a time. I don't know if you wear baseball pants, Cashman, but I do. Under uh, my jeans, they're, yeah. They're doing the same thing we do. Uh, but you do notice when Felix walks around, there's a little star, you know, when, when, where Felix goes, the crowd usually follows him. Uh, Robinson, you know, and Nelson Cruz, I tell you what, these guys, for how big of a stars they are, they stop and sign autographs for all the kids. They, they don't have big egos down here. Um, it's, it's very cool. And the fans can come down, and you can get right next to Edgar Martin. You can get right next to Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz. And that's kind of the cool thing about the spring training is you can't get that once the games get going. So it's, it's definitely, if you haven't been down to watch the Mariners during Cactus League play, I mean, it's well worth it. I mean, it's, it's 80 degrees. You can get yourself a mojito, a, a, a margarita. Of course, the media can't do that. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't get much better.
Hey, you provided the perfect segue there, Chris. Whether it is the heat of the desert, the fact that you're at spring training, I don't know what the reason might be, but there was an ulterior motive for me calling you. Uh, It's a bit of an intervention of sorts. You've been doing a lot of reporting on King 5. We see on every night of the week. And recently you made a very, well, I'm going to word this delicately. You made a very curious choice when you selected a shirt you were going to wear on television you know what shirt i'm talking about yeah i, I it was kind of a uh, a turquoise mariner color um, galactica shirt <laughs> that's um, the one it looks like perhaps it was like from a pbs stargazers episode it's got some sure. sort of a constellation on it when i first saw you i thought oh no he's been attacked by a fan someone has thrown <laughs> A bucket of mud on him, something. But in fact, that was the shirt as it was intended. Well, yes. Here's here's the approach. Um, I I got a look from Felix as I was walking by him in the shirt, and he said, "Ooh, I like." And so, if the king likes the shirt, I'm not worried about the hundreds on Twitter, the thousands on Twitter that are calling me out for a bad shirt choice. Because I'm going to tell you what, Cassie. After I wore that shirt. I got unofficial reports that the Macy's in Puyallup was selling out of that Galactica blue uh, turquoise shirt. I got a text from my mom that night that says he looks so good in the turquoise. And the king, the king gave me a thumbs up. So just because Chris Cashman or Paul Sylvie, you know, they're not hip to that new Galactica polo trend, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let that bring you down. Well, you won't have to look too far. You can check it out for yourself at Next Best Pod on Instagram and Twitter for better or worse. That shirt will be out there circling the universe, very symbolic, forever and ever. Our thanks to Chris Egan, clearly suffering from the heat down there in the desert. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Three, three, three. It's always good to talk to Chris. Three Chris's on this show. My goodness, Mr. Cashman, Mr. Egan, and me. Yes, talking more baseball, Robinson Cano. You know, I spent about a week down in the Dominican Republic hanging with Robinson, hanging with Nelson Cruz, and going to the Mariners Academy. You know, it is a story really that's bigger than baseball, what the Mariners is a franchise and what these players are attempting to do down there. Robinson Cano grew up in a very small, poor town east of the capital of Santo Domingo on the southeast portion of that island known as Hispaniola. It's where Haiti is as well as the Dominican Republic. They share a border. And Cano, he has an interesting story because he spent a few years in New Jersey as his dad, uh, who spent time in the minors and briefly in the majors, was playing baseball. And at that time, Robinson, little Robinson, so to speak, had a chance to see what a U.S. education system is like. And he knows personally it is different than what he has seen in the Dominican Republic. He also knows there's a certain reputation that Dominican ballplayers and really young men and women in that country have. I talked to him about it during our visit in the Dominican Republic. I used to hear players in the past, oh, the Dominican, they, they're not that smart. They don't have education, so that, that's something that always stick with me. So you think that other baseball players don't think Dominicans are smart? Well, I used to hear that. Even from other countries, they used to say it right on my face. Oh, Dominican. You guys don't have education. You guys do this, you guys do that. So, I mean, 
even 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 joking that's something that um as a player is really bothering me so but that was that was when I you know when I was in minor leagues so people in the minor leagues would say oh you're from the Dominican Republic you're not very smart yeah and that angered you like no of imagine. course yeah yeah because you know what is really like it bothered me because they don't know the situation It's why now, if you travel down the dusty, debris-ridden roads of the Barrio and Cano's hometown, past the graffiti-scarred houses and chaotic streets, you will find a shimmering beacon. Hola. 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 The RC22 Dream School, fully funded by Robinson Cano's foundation. As you see, it's a really poor community. So we are trying to provide to all of them the opportunity to have a, a qualified education. And I got to tell you, Chris, the school, over 100 kids attend there. It is, it's interesting because you can stand on a balcony and look at a wall. And on the one side of the wall, you see the poverty. On the other side of the wall, you see all these smiling faces from all these kids aged three to five years old getting a head start thanks to Robinson Cano. He tells me that he hopes to build more schools as time goes on, but it is definitely something that is personal to him. Two, 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 two. Chris, I almost want to yell at me on my own podcast for even bringing this up. It's like a double dribble nightmare that we cannot wake up from. The effort to bring the NBA back to Seattle to restore the Supersonics to their rightful place here in town. A still in limbo, will it be Key Arena? at Seattle Center. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! For the new Logical Soto Arena project. And will hockey help seal the deal? Chris, NHL Brass uh, made some waves with a recent reaction. What's going on? Yes, Chris, I know this is one of your favorite subjects to talk about. It's only been more than a decade now. Key Arena versus Seattle Arena. The talk is only going to increase over the next couple of months as the city waits for these proposals back on Key Arena. The deputy commissioner of the NHL, he said in the past that his league is interested in Seattle, interested in putting a team here, but not necessarily interested in putting a team in a remodeled key arena. And he was on the radio in Vancouver uh, earlier this week and talked to a couple of hosts there on TSN 1040 about the situation in Seattle and about key arena in particular here's what he had to say how closely are you folks in the head office watching the arena developments in seattle and how likely is seattle to be the 32nd franchise what arena development um i, I look i, I <laughs> not bad bill not bad i think the biggest i think our biggest issue um with the seattle market um is we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves i mean if if and when uh, you know there is there are firm arena plans and those plans are going to be executed, uh, and there is potential ownership uh, or ownership interest in an NHL franchise, if and when those things happen, uh, then perhaps it's something uh, the board has to think about and consider. Uh, but none of those pieces really are in place at this point in time. So you know we just completed a pretty fulsome uh, expansion process. Uh, you know, the board made a decision to add that 31st franchise in Las Vegas. I think we're all excited 
uh, about the prospects of that franchise and, and the progress of that franchise in terms of, of getting ready uh, to join the league next year. Um, so that's kind of where the focus is now, and, and uh, we don't really give a whole lot of thought to, to something that is really uh, – you know, a hypothetical right now. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Key Arena down there, though, and it was never great for hockey, and they are thinking about renovating that in order to bring the NBA team. Would you be leery about going into a renovated NBA facility effectively, given the experience in Brooklyn? Well, I mean, renovation is always a very relative term. You know, I guess the question is how significant a renovation are you making? Are you, you know, if... if I don't know if you guys have had the chance to see the new Madison Square Garden, yeah, uh, yeah, which we is uh, on the same site as the old Madison Square Garden. It has the same roof, but it's a totally different building. Right. And, uh, you know, if, if you're talking about a, a renovation on, on that scale, you're really talking about a new building. Um, so, you know, again, I, I don't want to get too far down the path of what might happen at Key, but obviously we're not going to... Look, I don't think the board uh, would look very favorably on, on moving into an arena, um, expanding into an arena, I should say, uh, that really is built more for NBA basketball than it is to accommodate an NHL franchise. I think any new facility there, if it's ultimately uh, has any prospects to host an NHL franchise one day, uh, will have to be a very NHL-friendly building. So again, that audio coming from TSN 1040 in Vancouver. The good guys up there, they've always been friendly to us here at King 5. They've followed this story closely north of the border because a lot of people, as you know, Chris, in Vancouver, in British Columbia, would love to have a natural rivalry with a hockey team in Seattle. And in terms of the key arena versus Seattle arena discussion, you know that I could talk about this (laughs) till the cows come home, so to speak, Chris, but the NHL really has a recent lesson in all of this from what happened back in Brooklyn. You know, they built a, a brand new arena right in the heart of Brooklyn in New York City, uh, Barclays Center, that was supposed to be built for the Nets and the Islanders, or the Hockey uh, League, and the Islanders later uh, came there, and I was actually there when they made the announcement they, they were moving in. And immediately people were wondering how that was going to work because the ice is off-center, so to speak. It's not necessarily lined up right in the middle of the arena underneath the scoreboard. So the ice is off-center, which means you don't have a great view. It's similar to what the setup was in the old Seattle Center Coliseum and then the remodeled Key Arena. It's a big reason why the Thunderbirds of the Western Hockey League moved out is because the sight lines weren't very good. The NHL moved into Barclays with that team moved uh, inland into the city from out on Long Island and attendance dropped. And people complained about the sight lines. And now after a few years, the NHL and the Islanders are talking about going to a new arena or somewhere else in the New York City market. So I think uh, reading between the lines here, that's a little bit of what Bill Daly, the NHL deputy commissioner is talking about there. When you start talking about Key Arena versus a brand new state of the art arena down in soda fun, fun, fun. well we love to finish the podcast like we finish a meal with dessert whenever possible and leave it to new york city to go big they have converted the kellogg's cafe into something deliciously horrifying first of all yes kellogg's opened a cereal bar in nyc over the summer and now perhaps just to give people something to tweet about the trend of pop-up restaurants 
is perhaps jumping the shark with the first ever pop-up Pop-Tart restaurant. Mmm, tasty, Chris. Yes, the toaster treats. They are now the main ingredient, and it's breakfast for dinner. They are making Pop-Tarts the main ingredient for delicacies like Pop-Tart burritos. Yeah, filled with s'mores or caramel banana or chocolate strawberry. They also have Pop-Tart pizza. They have replaced the marinara with strawberry sauce, and instead of pepperoni, they've got dried fruit on top. Perhaps we can tempt your tummy with the Pop-Tart taco. They have got cookies and cream, replacing ground beef, coconut shavings, replacing lettuce, and of course, frosting instead of sour cream. They have even put a spin on cheese fries. And I have not looked up the calories, but I would imagine Pop-Tart cheese fries might actually be healthier than actual cheese fries. Alternative facts. And because we want to make this a teachable moment, I remind you that Pop-Tarts are much older than we are, Chris. In fact, they were first sold in just four flavors back in 1964. Here's how the TV audiences were introduced to Pop-Tarts. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. Eat them in the morning, eat them in the evening. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. Loads of flavors for big and little shavers. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. Try chocolate fudge. Chocolate vanilla cream too. Creamy frosting, both brand new. Try the ones with fruit inside. Real fruit filling, that's Kellogg's pride. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. The ones with more. Obviously, the Pop-Tarts still around today and now in 30 flavors. And before you hop a flight to New York to get your Pop-Tart taco, they were only doing it for a week. Yes, sad but true, though Pop-Tarts may last forever because of the preservatives. The Pop-Tart pop-up was just for a limited time. Although everybody loves a comeback story and I smell a major marketing opportunity. Are you listening, Hempfest? Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you will truly consider subscribing. Currently, Pop-Tarts have more flavors than we do subscribers. But with your help, we can change that, ladies and gentlemen. We would love to hear from you, your feedback, especially if it's glowing praise. David, tell them where they can find us online. On Twitter and Instagram at NextBestPod. You stay classy, computer geek. This is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast. (laughs) 